millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. From the home of time. It is now quite a day for local sport from your local team. This is Charlton Live. Good evening and welcome to Charlton Live. This is the big match preview. I've got a computer as my background here. (laughs) So we're going to look ahead. Sorry, personal joke there. We're going to look ahead to uh, Saturday's game with uh, AFC Wimbledon on tonight's show. My name is Louis Mendes. Joining me in the studio here at the Valley are Mr. Tom Wallin. How you doing, Tom? All right. Blinded a bit by that light over there. Uh, It's a bit bright. And joining the pair of us here. Is, uh, is Nathan Melody and Nathan. Living the dream, mate. Looking forward to tomorrow. Oh, f- yeah, well, Saturday, not tomorrow. It's my yeah. uh, Friday today, but yeah. It's your Friday today. Right, so, tomorrow. So. Yeah, it's, it's, still, I mean, it's still officially Thursday. <laughs> yeah, but like, I'm not life. really. I'll do somewhere. Yeah, I don't, Nathan hasn't got the power to change the days of the week, despite <laughs> the fact he thinks he has. Well, on tonight's show, we're going to, like I said, we're going to look ahead to Saturday's London derby here at the Valley with AFC Wimbledon. Also, during the show, uh, various things to cover really I mean it's been, it's been a very a busy press day at the Valley and there's a few little clips of, of stuff that Carl Robinson's brought up today uh, talking about the you know the, the, the state of League One at the moment uh, update on Leon Best uh, striker options out there uh, obviously we, we want to hear from Ben Amos as well he played so well on, on Saturday I thought I'd play you his interview after Saturday's win uh, up at Bradford uh, Robinson's going to tell us about Naby Sarr we're going to like I said look ahead to Saturday's game with uh, Wimbledon but first things first I mean you know, you get into the stage of the season now where obviously the, the table is starting to to take shape. So I guess uh, people were sort of looking at the, the teams that are at the top there. And obviously it's Shrewsbury, the ones who have uh, sort of taken the lead of the, of the table so far, doing doing very well despite only just staying up last season, uh, Sal Up. And uh, so they're, they're, they're top of the league with 37 points. We've uh, got a game in hand on them, but we've got 10 points less, which is incredible really at this stage of the season. So we've got 27 points. We've got them potentially going to be playing them quite soon as well though the international break may put uh put that to one side for a little while but anyway so Carl was asked about um you know catching up with Shrewsbury so let's, let's hear this clip from Preston we'll come out and talk a bit uh talk about it just after well I think anybody can say that I think it was a bit very similar to the highest level of our game at Leicester um so anybody can achieve great things sometimes um in some ways we're still waiting on call-ups it's, it's an international weekend um, so whether we played them or not in a few weeks we'll, we'll have to wait and see um, they're going to go through a period where they're going to lose games because it's impossible to go for, unless you was at the Arsenal team of, <laughs> well, we've never seen it in our lifetime um, in, in this country so you never go through a full season with that with that clean record that's one thing I can guarantee um, but you've got to give tremendous credit to the manager and, and to the players and, and everybody involved in Shrewsbury Town. Everybody said there'd be a minor miracle if he kept them up last season. He's, he's, he's excelled that and he's gone not just one better, but 20, 30, a million times better um, in, in putting them where they are today. Um, there still are 
they're still the one that we've got the name on the back. They're the ones that we see. Mm. Uh, and our objective is, is always to chase. I was going to say, do you think you can catch them? Yeah. Because you've got, you've got the game in hand and then you've got the game against them. We've been thinking we, we, think we can catch anybody. Mm. Um, but we can also be caught. So... I've never ever been in this league a number of years and, and even when we were in the Championship the, and then when I worked with Sam in the Premier League that I just felt that you have to chase the team right above you. Um, I remember when MK impressed them and toe-to-toe for the last for like 11 games of the season. Like we won 10 of them and, and uh, but they'd been on that ridiculous unbeaten run as well. And every game you were coming in you would also look for was that result. I didn't have a clue what was going on underneath us. Because if we win our game, all that we have to worry about is the team ahead of us. And and that's got to be our mentality. Who's ahead of us? Who can we catch? Um, and that's been our objective. And only even being told when we played Oxford, we went into that game, we felt that we knew they were below. We know where people are in the league, obviously. Um, but we knew that we didn't want them to overtake us because we were playing against them if that makes sense but even when we were playing them we, we were always looking at gaining on the team above going to Bradford at the weekend was was a, was a prime example we, we we knew we had to get something out of that game We had, if we didn't win we didn't gain anything a point was not enough because it kept us in, obviously in level same so there's teams that we look at and we'd rather be chasing than being chased and uh, we're we're in a good place but that's we're not even in November yet. Mm. so there's a lot more chasing to be done so there we go that's Carl talking about the uh, the state of the, the League 1 table uh, so far this season I found it interesting because I mean we're looking at Shrewsbury now who are, who are 10 points ahead of us they've got a game in hand on us though. but if you look at Bradford now 5 games ago Bradford would have found themselves uh, I think 7 or 8 points ahead of us and in that time I mean they've lost in, in their last 5 games they've lost 2 uh, whereas we've uh, won one of those games during the time they lost, obviously against them, and we drew one when they lost one as well. So we've caught up, we've caught up with them quite well in that time. So now you're looking at that gap against Shrewsbury. I mean, it's still very early days. I mean, I was sort of saying recently, you know, the, the playoffs will probably be our best bet. But look at what happened to Scunthorpe last season. And Shrewsbury are certainly still there to be got at at this early stage in the season. Definitely, yeah. I think um, every season you get a team that you wouldn't expect to, to start that well and eventually they drop off. I think it usually happens earlier in the season than it is so far for Shrewsbury, but I th- still think no disrespect to them, but you would expect at some point they're going to, like Carl said, apart from Arsenal, how many teams have gone through seasons unbeaten? So it's going to happen. Um, I said last week that we have to be ready to capitalise on that when it, when it does happen. Um, but you're right as well with teams like Bradford. Uh, I think the Bradford manager mentioned it in the programme last week that the Tuesday night before we played Bradford, there were like eight eight draws or something in the league. So the league's so tight, although Shrewsbury are way out in front or you know a bit clear in terms of points, anyone can beat anyone in the league. And uh, I think it, we proved that by beating Bradford, losing to Gillingham. Um, and I think you know, you're going to come up against Shrewsbury and, and someone is going to beat them at some point. And... As I say, if we're then in the right position to try and capitalise on that, obviously it's going to take two or three results because of the points gap. But at the moment, we look to be in good shape to do that. So, yeah, I'm not... Obviously, it'd be lovely to be in their position. But as things stand, I don't think we're in a bad place at the moment. Do you think, Nave, what Carl said about how, uh, you know, Shrewsbury's uh, are the ones with with the target on their back now? They're the ones leading. They're the ones that everyone wants to catch. I mean, 
it, does, does that put extra pressure on them perhaps yeah. would, would we have extra pressure on us if it was the other way around yeah I think I think they would I mean and, you know if you're there to be shot at you you know um, it's down to them <clears throat> mentally how they cope with it but no, it's like Tom said they're there on merit I mean obviously they've, they've, obviously they're a high pressing team and obviously a lot of people have struggled to cope with them but the crunch time for me is when you come around Christmas time is when you're going to probably get niggles a lot more niggles and injuries and more games in, sl- in fewer shorter periods mm. um, but then on the same token I was saying the same that you know oh Leicester they'll fall away yeah. they'll fall away They'll fall, and, they, and they didn't so I mean it's going gonna, it's gonna to be interesting but I mean yeah you look at on paper yeah they're probably not the first team you would have predicted to be on top um, at this stage but you know they're there on merit and in a way, I'd rather be in our position, sort of, because obviously you're chasing and got something to aim yeah, for. Yeah, exactly. But they look at Sheffield United last season. They were like they did winning eight games in the first day, and then obviously they romped it in the end. But I mean, yeah, it's, it's they're going to have to target on their back, and it's going to so when we go away to Shrewsbury, they're going to be the favourites, which mm. you know suits us better, I think. But um, that's why I'm really hoping that in a way that we can we can get that game going ahead because even though we won't have Josh. <laughs> I don't want it to be on a Tuesday or something. Do you know mm. what I mean? I want it on a, on a, on a, when we're in, uh, in in this momentum. Mm. It's quite a stark difference if you look <laughs> if you look at the league table in terms of the how many goals that Shrewsbury and Wigan have conceded compared mm. to the, the team. So they they've both only conceded nine. Uh, Bradford eighteen, Charlton sixteen, Rotherham nineteen. Yeah, the te- the teams behind them. It shows how uh, how important just a, a slightly tighter defence could be. And I guess if if you had to pick out one part of our or our play this season is the fact that we are still conceding a few goals. I mean, you'll say that's the way we set up. We play a very open, expansive game of football. There's going to be chances at both ends. But I guess if, if we can just get... I mean, if we could just tick that over, then, then we'd have a, a better chance of catching them. But at the same time, our, our results, other than other than that little dip we had, where we I think we had a, a, maybe four games without a win, um, they've been fairly consistent. And it's consistency over the course of a season that's going to get you into that playoffs or that top two. And that's, I guess, what we just need to sort of pretty much continue where we've been going the last few weeks definitely yeah and I think uh, when you look at all of the goals I mean Fosu's obviously got a lot himself but Ricky's chipped in Bauer chipped in early in the season McGuinness's goal scoring so far has been pretty solid the front end you know we're all worried about what happens if Josh gets injured but at the moment we're scoring a lot of goals and it is at the other end that's the, the issue and what's what's weird is we put in that performance that we did against Rotherham, okay, they had a couple of chances, but we kept a clean sheet there. We kept a clean sheet against Bradford with a really, really good defensive display. You think, well, why can't we do that every time? And that's the difference, I think, between those two teams that are up there. Because as you say, in terms of goal scoring, we're doing fine, but the the goals conceded is, is where the big difference is. And I don't know if it, if Bradford was just a good day for us or whether that's something that we're working on and we'll see improve throughout the the next few games because if it is then we're going to certainly be up there because as I say at the moment and without injuries I'm not concerned about a scoring goals it is just at the back but Saturday was such a competent display at the back um, and with a chance to rest a few players over the next couple of weeks with some of the, the checker trade games I think and the, obviously the FA Cup it, it bodes pretty well but um, yeah that's certainly where we need to focus because as you say 16 goals at this stage in the season and 18 for Bradford it's not ideal but yeah. Yeah. In terms of a potential psychological yeah. boost, now how, how important do you think it is that we are now level with Bradford City? So effectively, we're, we're joint third in terms of points. Obviously, goal difference is only a, a slight difference at this time. I mean, in terms of a psychological boost, the fact that we caught up with them. Um, yeah, I mean, obviously, it would have 
it would have been a, been, been great for men, mentally to see us level but it's nowhere obviously we all know it's nowhere near finished yet but um, it, the main the main thing is that when we're playing against obviously we played Wigan already when we do play Shrewsbury if that is supposed to be on the 11th or not is try and not let them cut away too much because mm. if they win that game and then they extend it to what 11 points or whatever it could be or 13 points wherever it was then it becomes a case of right we're asking them to lose four or five games now and we've got to win those four or five games and the teams are out to try and get into that top two. So that I think that'll be a massive game, even that, even though it's in November for us, I think to, to sort of as a benchmark of where we're going to be and um, it'll be interesting to see what happens. But I think now we've got ourselves in this position now when it just, I think we see, seem a lot more solid um, in recent weeks. I mean, how many goals we conceded? 16, two of the 14 games, one three against Wigan and three against Oldham. What nearly a third of our goals, so I don't want to say we're like shipping goals, just those two games where obviously we've, we leaked it a little bit, shall I say? But, um, yeah, no, I think mentally, I think it's um, I think it'll, it'll prove pivotal, but pivotal that game against Shrewsbury, and you know, you take a draw, but then it's not really, they haven't really gained much, so yeah. but I think they're, they're there to be shot off. I think you can get out of them, it's just. I don't know. I, I've not really followed them too much. I don't know if it is it luck or you know they playing people off the park. I've not seen them smash anyone. Yeah, I mean, I think they, they did Bristol Rovers. I think last time everyone out. smashes them once in a while, don't they? Yeah. Um, how much uh, you know confidence do you think we can take now from the fact that we did have that little blip and now we've come out the other side of it? Because twice, twice now this season we've, we've had uh, you know one game blip against Plymouth where where we we, we lost the game ended up going on a bit of a winning streak after that and then uh, after that four game winless run we, we're now you know, including the final two of that four game winless run which was two draws we're now six games unbeaten so how important is it that they react so well as, as well as we have to, to setbacks it's been crucial um, and I think the the important thing now is to try and avoid those setbacks happening again I think obviously there are going to be games where you lose them but even though we've turned it around and we've now gone six games unbeaten, the the patch itself was was pretty bad. I mean, the, the loss to Wigan it was heavy, but okay, they they played well. Um, but then to lose to Gillingham and the draw with Berry, it that was a concern um, because those points at the end of the season might really might really count. Um, as I say, we'll, we will have down times again, and we just we've shown that we can bounce back from them. But I think the more important thing is to learn from what went wrong in those games and try and avoid that again because obviously we're going to have those teams to play again and other teams that are down there that we're going to come up against and we need to be one of those sides that can brush the small teams aside as well as then compete with the bigger ones when we're getting the victories away at Bradford and obviously we're going to have to go to Wigan and at the moment Shrewsbury. So we need to be able to do both of those. If There's no point going to Bradford and getting a win if you're then going to play someone who's bottom of the league at home and lose. So... We need to learn our lessons from that. It, so far, it looks like we have because, as you say, the last six games we've been pretty solid. Um, but we need to continue that. And although we can look at the table at this stage and say we're looking pretty good, there's obviously still a long way to go. Lewis Wheeler tweets and says, it's not the fact we can't defend. There's notable games uh, where we've defended resilient, uh, resiliently. Uh, it's the consistency of the defence. I think you touched on that really there, Tom. Because, I mean, like I mean, that Rotherham performance away from home was unbelievable at the back. Mm. And then, uh, you know, in, in very difficult conditions on, on Saturday, we restricted Bradford for very few chances. Uh, the two or three real chances there, the name has pulled off good saves as well. So it's, it is, Lewis is right, it's just finding that extra bit of consistency. 
especially now with, with Jason Pierce out, I think you know the, the worry was that the defence might fall apart after, but it hasn't, hasn't really happened at all, has it? I mean, it's, it's been quite good. Nabi Sarr's been a bit of a revelation, and we'll hear from Carl uh, Robinson on Nabi uh, in, in a few moments' time. Mark uh, says, uh, how nice to be discussing uh, looking up, quite different from, from last season. And uh, evening to Marin as well as tuning in. But it's, it's right, I mean, in terms of a positive uh, aura around the club, it's, it feels a bit better now. Um, of course, that, that was also lifted by the, the rumour that started again last week from, from Rick Everett, the takeover. And I guess in, you know, in, his, uh, in his piece, he said that there's, there was a, even a possibility he was told that it could be done by the end of this week. Now, obviously, that that's coming to the end this week now. So unless there's anything tomorrow, it might not be the case just yet. But uh, you know, in, in terms of the fact that some people are going, oh, it's all gone quiet. I mean, that, these things happen behind the scenes, don't they? They don't happen out in the public view, and uh, and also they, they they can take as long as they can take. So it's too it's too early to be writing off Rick, which is what I've seen a couple of people trying to do on Twitter. But it's, you know, it's way too early to be doing that. Yeah, no, way too early. I mean, they're not going <clears> to <throat> just because a rumor comes out, they're not going to come out and say, yeah, we are trying to strike a deal because it, they're still they they might for all we know they're still trying to negotiate. You know, crossing the T's and dotting the I's, but they're not going to come out, and it could take weeks or it could take months. You don't know. I mean. Uh, I've not been involved in many sort of acquisitions of companies, but I, don't, I can't see it being... Have you been involved in any? No, not, no, uh, so not that I'm aware of. No. <laughs> but yeah, so I, mean, I don't think it's going to be a, a weekly cycle. I think it will probably take many weeks and months. We don't know how long it's been going on for. So yeah, I mean, like we said, we did touch on it last week. We said, yeah, it's great, um, but we just got to just keep it present and then focus on the team at the moment and then... If anything happens, happens. But trying to keep this positive vibe that's at the moment, which you know the, the email said in his um, email, you know, it's nice looking upwards and being positive for a change. You know, instead of us being at 18th and thinking, oh, I wonder if we could be in a relegation scrap. So you know, take the rough with the smooth. But yeah, we're enjoying it at the moment. In terms of worrying about whether anything like that would, you know, the take any takeover rumours in the background could distract the squad. I mean, Carl, I mean, Carl did say last week, or oh, if it happens, I'm gone. But at the same time, do, do you think it would really affect anything they? pay too much attention to that football managers leave all the time anyway especially here but um so do you, they, they probably wouldn't be worrying too much about that i think what you would hope is that it would only have a positive effect and so if nothing changes we're on a pretty good run as it is great if things do change you think of what the atmosphere around the club is going to be like i imagine it would be hard for that to have a negative effect on the players but any sort of change is a bit of a concern and that's why Finally, when this takeover rumour seems to have more legs, it's come at a time where actually, obviously, I, I don't want them to stay. Um, but the fact that we're doing quite well at the moment, it's like a, it is a distraction. But as I say, I would you would expect it to only have a, a positive impact because it would be a good thing for the club as a whole. Um, and you would hope that at the moment, with everything that's going on, they're kind of they're not a part of it. You know, they're getting on with stuff on the training ground, and Carl's getting on with doing his job and. They're just leaving it to happen like Nathan's behind the scenes. If it then happens, then brilliant. And as I say, the atmosphere around the club on match days, if that was to happen, I think is only going to go one way. So as far as I would see it, it would only benefit the players. Um, but it, it sounds like there's still a, a quite a way to go um, following, the obviously, the the news that broke last week. But who knows? Yeah. Right, let's move on from that. Uh, also, during today's uh, press day, uh, Carl was asked for an update on Leon Best, of course, the former Newcastle former Ipswich striker, has been training with us for a while now. Uh, people still wondering. Don't forget, we we have only really got the one senior uh, permanent striker on our books at the moment in the in the form of Josh McGuinness, and so people are wondering whether Leon Best might be giving us uh, a little boost in that department. Carl Robinson was asked that today. He's trained really well. We're hoping to we're trying to see if we can get round the rules and see if we can play him in the twenty three game. 
Um, and then we'll see where we go from there. But we've got to obviously see from a legality perspective whether that's availability, uh, whether that's an option or not for us. In terms of um, a deal, was there, has that crossed your mind yet? Um, no, he's, he's about to listen. He's quite, if he, if he knew on, he's quite a cool lad. He doesn't really get too fussed up by any. He just goes around his business in a in a very uh, polite and calm way. Um, he's coming in, he's enjoying it. He's in early training and getting his bits and bobs right. He's uh, he's certainly still quick. We know that, and the straight straight line speed is is still excellent. So. It's all about get building that strength around, around his middle of his body and just developing that core strength to, to be able to be explosive in his movements rather. So his straight line speed is still very, very good. So there we go. That's Carl Robinson talking about Leon Best. Uh, so we're still, still knocking about with the club. Sounds like they're now trying to progress into playing a couple of uh, under-23 games. If uh, He said if they, they can work out the legality of it. I mean, I doubt he'll go to jail if we play him in one, but in terms of... <laughs> Uh, in terms of uh, whether whether he's allowed by the uh, EFL or FA rules or whatever, I mean, still worth having a look. Obviously, the the fact that he's trained with us this long, I guess, means Carl hasn't had enough and decided to kick him out just yet. No, I don't, what, 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 what would what would the pepper? What would the worst? What would the worst scenario be? You know, I don't know what happened. Here. I lost my lost me, lost like me your, mind. Your mouth's falling off. There. That's the worst case scenario. <laughs> no, but I think he's better than you know. Better than what we've had or what we've got on the bench. Like you said, he's the only Josh is the only senior one we've got. So don't I don't think it's bad having a backup of Liam Best. But if he's fit, that's what I mean. That's what we said the other week. Mm. If he if he proves his fitness and has a couple of games on his belt, I can't see any harm in it at all. But he still don't want to rush into these things nah. as well. And it is, it is a good thing that we are taking the time to have a, a proper look at him as well. Because like yeah. I say you rush into these things and then, and then you can end up with a dud if you're not careful. Yeah, I think he's going about it the right way. And for anyone who's seen the. Uh, like behind the scenes manager thing on, on Valley Pass, there's a, a bit in that where uh, Carl meets with Chris Parks, and uh, basically the the point of that is to look through the upcoming fixtures and what they can and can't do within certain FA rules. And he's talking about, you know, can I bring this player in here? Can I play this player here? Presumably a lot around the checker trade games. So I hadn't thought of this before the show, but just mentioning him there, I wonder whether he was one of the players that he was perhaps thinking about, and if he is going to try and get something signed up, and maybe use those games you know if we sign him on a short term contract get him in those games and see like Nave says what's the harm in playing him and and if he it sounds like he's going through what you might want to call due diligence in terms of is this player going to fit in but throw him into those games you know if we lose them both and we go out do we really care no so try him because Dodu doesn't seem to be in favour with Carl so try someone else yeah that was my next question I mean the further on we are in the season we're still not really seeing uh Joe Dodu at all um, so what are you making of that situation I know it's the Rangers yeah. manager has been sacked as well today so I wonder if in January he'd be thinking oh, I might go back to if I get a second chance with mm. a new manager but well f- from the outset obviously Carl don't fancy it you know I don't know if he, he's, saying that. he's not putting on his toes too much though he's only come on a couple of t- times isn't he so I don't know I, I've not I've not seen him I've been away every time he um, he's come well every time the once or twice so uh, obviously Cole I don't think Cole wouldn't rate him but obviously there's something there, uh, maybe it's tactically or physically, I don't know. Maybe he doesn't obviously fancy him. But it does seem strange why we why would we would have got him in if Cole wasn't 100% sure. So mm. to me that seems like a panic one. Mm. Um, a panic signing just to get someone in the door, in my opinion. It was a case of, right, it's lastminute.com. We'll get someone with any sort of pedigree and we'll see how it goes. That's the way it seems. But um, I'd like to see him. He's obviously got something about him, you know, but... 
I can't really pass judgment because I've never seen him. (laughs) (laughs) Excellent. Right, uh, just a a final quick bit before we have a break uh, from Carl Robinson. Obviously, Charlton have got a few strikers out on loan, and this question is based purely on the ones who are out, uh, like the likes of uh, a Jose, like the more senior ones, a Jose and Betakele. There's strong strikers who are out on loan. Yes. Um, Eagle Betakele and Nicky Jose. Is is there an option to call them back in January? Um... I think there's always going to be an option, yeah. But not me, no. Listen, this think my immediate futures is on the games in between now and then. Um, but we're already assessing striking options for January. Um, we're already starting to speak to one or two clubs um, and trying to to see whether we have an opportunity to bring other strikers in. But just to clarify, you're not 100% sure yet if, if there is a recall option? Um, I think in most contracts that well, I've ever dealt with, the, when you own the player, you have the right to if if you need to, yeah. um, but I will, I will, I don't really want to say something if it's not one hundred percent true. Yeah. I don't really get involved in the contractual things. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I obviously, focusing on players here, but yeah. um, Nicky Joseph Berry, um, I don't think he's made a match day squad in the league mm. for quite a few games. Are you, are you surprised by that? Given that you know, given his record in League One over the past you know few seasons. Um. <sighs> He found it difficult since he came here. Obviously, he didn't. He didn't. Obviously, he went to Swindon the other year and got relegated last last season. Uh, and then, obviously, things haven't materialised this year. I don't really know the reasons why. Um, so uh, again, I'd be guessing. Um, but he certainly went there to play. Uh, so I don't know whether he had an injury or whether we know he's not injured because we we know about that. But it's just what the manager decides to do, and that's not for me to get involved in other managers' decision processes. So it was Carl there talking about the various things there. Now, um, he was asked about the recall options for a couple of our strikers, and he, he didn't know. So to me, that suggests he has absolutely no interest in recalling them. Yeah, I think I would agree. Um, and I think probably with good reason. Uh, a Jose doesn't really fit into what Carl wants to do with the side and Vettikele started his chart on career pretty pretty well um, and then injuries unfortunately curtailed that um, he's someone that I enjoyed watching um, and I fit Vettikele I, I would love back here but I think realistically his time with us has probably finished as well um, and I think given the, the way Carl has signed players over the last year I would think that he's got other targets in mind probably people who have experience not only at this level but within the English football um, so you would think if Roland or whoever else may be around come January sticks to their word he would be backed to be able to go and get someone new instead and as you say the fact he doesn't even know the rules around them suggests they're not not really in his plans mm, I'm sure I imagine the rules are that you can uh, re- recall them now he also said that they've already started uh you know, putting the the feelers out there. They've had a words with one or two clubs now for for new strikers, and you know, that's exactly what we want to hear, really. Because you know, uh, he kept saying, as we've heard before on, on under Roland, of course, that if if we're in and around where we need to be come January, then we'll be allowed to to go and get a new striker. Uh, well, so far we are in and around where we need to be, so therefore we should be getting a new striker. So it's good. It's good that he's sort of starting to put the feelers out there. Oh, definitely. Because one thing you don't want is this takeover to happen. Because you know what's happening to that price. Um, as soon as you start trying to organise deals, I still rather the takeover happens. To be fair, yeah. <laughs> but even if you get something in place that you, you know, some sort of agreement with the price or something, because that'll just go over the odds. But um, yeah, I mean, it's, it was clear to everyone that we need something in January um, to help Josh because 
you know it's, it's a long old season doing it on your own and we need someone in be interesting to see if he's looking at one or two that'll be an interesting thing for me because I, don't, I, st- I still don't think one will be enough mm. um, maybe maybe another, two different types of striker I don't think you should, we should get to another two Joshes because <laughs> that'd be a bit of a beast old unit up top wouldn't it for them three up top but yeah, uh, yeah no it'd be interesting but yeah I think it's definitely we should be um, looking now um, but it, it it begs a question of what are these first teamers are these from lower league or are they back up from a league above I don't know so it'll be interesting to see how it pans out right let's have a quick break here on Charlton Live we'll be back in a minute or so it's Holmes to force Kasky Holmes Clark lovely play Clark brings the ball forward he's got Holmes inside who he uses Holmes 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 yes what a goal Charlton Ricky Holmes on his left foot, brought the ball forward, continue with it, and fires in the back of the net. Charlton have their second, Holmes against his former side. Tonight's pantomime villain. 
Finds the corner. Brian Hughes up against Carlo Cudicini. If he scores, Charlton go through. It would be a famous win. Hughes, the journeyman. His moment in the spotlight. And he's made the most of it. Brian Hughes wins it for Charlton. Chelsea beaten at Stamford Bridge for the first time under Jose Mourinho. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. There's nothing to fit. On penalty. So Jose Mourinho is still unbeaten at Stamford Bridge as manager of Chelsea. I prefer to think like that. Saying he was undefeated. I mean, I'm fairly confident we just heard the audio of a defeat for <laughs> Chelsea there. So, no, we had that against. Remember when Huddersfield had their 1,000th fun game beaten? Yeah. yeah. Okay, and then we beat them and it was like, no, that counts. They'd already also lost the playoff finals. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 that didn't count. Carries yeah. over, didn't yeah, it? Yeah, we're, we're definitely in the championship now. Yeah, that was there. Wish we were there. Takes us back to. Well, that's weird. The club have tweeted it. This is Zach's second <laughs> as well. That same game. Must be listening. Yeah. yeah. Uh, we'll take us back to when we knocked Chelsea out of the uh, then Carling Cup, now the Carabao Cup. Uh, although if uh, under this season's rules, we'd be reinstated somehow anyway. Be playing uh, ourselves the yeah. next round. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, great memories. That but did any of you guys actually go to that game? I can't. No, I don't, I don't think I was there. Yeah. I was on holiday. I, I was. I remember being at secondary school. Yeah, I time. remember wanting to go, but then not sorting myself out. And then by the time the tickets I, I could go, is uh, sold out. Disappointing. Yeah, no, I was away, but I remember I was. We were on holiday with my grandparents. I remember legging it to my granddad's room just to go and tell him. They won on penalties. Yeah. Do you think uh, Brian Hughes might be one of the most average players to have yes. scored one of the most, one of the more important goals in Charlton's history? He reminded me of a crab. That and, uh, <laughs> sideways, didn't he? Was it Matt Spring that scored the winner oh, against Matt Palace Spring, once? Geez. I love him in that list as well. What, yeah. Average players. Average player who scored a, an important goal. Yeah, right. not an average player, a good player. Ben Amos. Uh, we spoke to him uh, after Saturday's game up at Bradford City. He played really well, and we don't really often get to hear from players on on the on the Charlton Live Show these days because of the embargoes and whatnot. So I thought I'd play this. This is Ben Amos speaking to us after his heroics up at Bradford City on Saturday. Ben, uh, an outstanding victory up here at, uh, at Bradford, but uh, from your own point of view, an outstanding performance as well. Yeah, just said there, it's nice to contribute, you know, towards the win as other players have done in the last few games. You know, Ricky's, uh, Tariq's been on in an immense form. Um, so yeah, it's my job and. Well, thankfully, it gave us the win today. Of the saves that you made, you had a couple of uh, 
You'd probably say run of the mill save, stand at people's feet and doing what uh, goalkeepers are supposed to do, putting their necks on the line, as it were. And then you've got the, the spectacular one, which you had to tip around the post. Which one, uh, from a goalkeeper's point of view, gives you the most satisfaction? Yeah, I'd have to say. I mean, I haven't seen it back, but I'd have to say that from the save from the header. Um, the other two were pleasing because it's, it's not so much the save as the decision to you know, to go and close. Um, so yeah, as I say, it's nice to contribute and um, and yeah, it's a, it's a big win, big win to come here and, and take all three points. I don't think many teams will do it. And the conditions here weren't exactly favourable for goalkeepers. So, uh, uh, did you practice? Uh, because we know they're, they're an aerial threat as well. Is that the sort of thing you practised in the build-up to today? I mean, I think you've seen with um, Naby Sar coming in at left back. That's obviously something the managers thought about and thought you know, they're going to they're going to look to exploit maybe a couple of our smaller players. Um, to be honest, we weren't. We knew how they were going to approach the game, but we weren't too worried. Um, I'm not too worried about anyone really now. It's about how we approach it. If we know, we know that if we approach the game correctly, we do what we can do, then we can come here and you know places like this and get good results. And they uh, they don't get beat very often here, so uh, it's a huge win. That's what I said. Yeah. Um, obviously, they had some changes to their team, um, but the players that played for them, you know, they played really well and probably handled the conditions a, bit, a little bit better than us. Um, second half. The, you know, the, the wind was blowing. The wind was blowing um, towards towards my goal, which made it very hard for us to, to sort of get out and get in behind them. Um, so yeah, it was a little bit relentless. Second half, most uh, difficult conditions to play in, I guess, especially as a goalkeeper. Yeah, you don't mind the, the rain so much. It's you know, it's the wind um, that affects everything. Your kicks, you know, the, the shots, all the balls start moving, and um, yeah, it does make it difficult. But, I guess his life as a goalkeeper. <laughs> Indeed, I guess the players must be buzzing in there, and, uh, and confidence must be sky high. Yeah, it is. It's, it's always a good feeling to grind, grind the win out when maybe you didn't deserve it. But in previous games, we've only tended to sort of get a result when we've played well. When you know, if you're going to do anything special in the league, you know you can't afford to do that. You got you got to grind results out and win games when you don't deserve it. Well, it's about some, somebody else other than Tariq got uh, mad in a match, so uh, superb performance today. Thank you. Cheers. Thank you. Uh, win today puts us level on points with Bradford, you know, a team that went to a playoff final, of course, last year. I mean, psychologically, they were one of the three teams that a few weeks ago looked like they were going to almost run away with it. So to, to get back on level sort of points with them, is that a, good, a big boost? Yeah, I think we had a little bit of a lull for a few weeks. Uh, I think we got a little bit complacent after our winning streak that we went on. I think it was like a four-game winning streak. Um, <clears throat> And you know we've learned a lesson. We can't afford to do that, and we've got to take, uh, we've got to give utmost respect to every opponent we play. Um, and yeah, if we do that, I think we can, you know, we can do well. When a goal scorer scores a goal, obviously they get to run off and celebrate. When when a goalkeeper makes equally as important a save, perhaps uh, you have to get back and concentrate straight away. After, is it only after the game you can sort of sit back and think, yeah, I've done really well today? Yeah, I mean, I try to stay very balanced. I mean. You know what life in football is like. It's so many peaks and troughs, and you know, I won't get too too carried away with today. <clears throat> Obviously, it's nice. I'll savor the moment uh, for tonight, but um, yeah, I'll try and stay um, try and stay pretty level. Carl said he sort of put you in front of the squad in the dressing room after the game. What did they say to you? Uh, he just said, um, obviously, just said well done to you know, to Ben. Um, he doesn't normally single people out, um, but yeah, as I say, 
as far as I'm concerned, I've, I'm doing my job and it's, it's just great that obviously it's given us three points today. Jackson, he's got Fox in the overlap, uses him, Fox, crossing opportunity, fires it across, oh. looks for Lickman, comes to Johnny Jackson, fires across, yeah, yeah, yeah gets in the skipper. Johnny Jackson oh. makes it two for Charlton, ball from Fox was cut out initially, fell back to the skipper, fires it into the far corner, the Charlton double their lead. This is Charlton Live. Oh, who did that? I don't know that. Who said that? What happened? It just went, it's just Charlton Live. I didn't know that was the end of that. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> that freaks me out. I thought I'd been uh, taken over. Uh, right, Ben Amos there speaking after his heroics up at uh, Bradford City. Uh, very... very um, on the level, isn't he, mm-hmm. uh, uh, Ben Amos? I guess that's sort of what you need from a goalkeeper. Yeah, it is. Uh, yeah, didn't come out buzzing, did he, after the the performance, especially those last few minutes. But the thing, uh, and I think I mentioned it on Sunday's show as well, about you know when you're a keeper and you make a save like that, yeah, you get everyone around you and they're all patting you on the back, but you can't run off with your shirt over your head much as I wanted him to do that when he made those saves. You know, you've got to be back and concentrating again. So... It's uh, it's good because he was criticised when he first came in and we were a bit unsure about him, but I think the last few games really he's performed well and those saves were just like the pinnacle of that and now we need to make sure he continues those levels because, uh, yeah, we talked about the defence at the start of the show and that's something that we need to improve in general and he obviously plays a big part in that. Uh, Ray tweeted in we don't uh, said said because I said we don't often to get here to hear from the players because the embargo surely not because you have a different opinion from the, than the club it's not it's not that at all Ray basically uh, the player interviews after the game are always held back for the Monday morning for the newspapers uh, so that's the agreed embargo which is uh, sort of seven thirty on a Monday morning that's that's what I meant by embargo I'm not saying I've been banned or anything <laughs> I haven't been banned from anything for months right <laughs> uh, uh, Finch you said he loved it. Ending Huddersfield's unbeaten run back in the day, I did enjoy that myself. Yeah, uh, now, after we were sort of you were scrambling for ideas earlier, Tom, and you tweeted that we might have to do Charlton players as puddings, such as cake forced to Kasky. Uh, Mark, who's a chef, and this is right up his alley, uh, said uh, has come up with a couple of other ideas: uh, Ricky toffee pudding, nice, nice, or Jason Yule log. Now, I mean, I don't want to see that. No, but what he does in there is, is his own business. <laughs> in the shower, <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, yeah. <laughs> no, all right, okay, uh, let's move on before we get in any more trouble. Uh, uh, and I get embargoed again. <laughs> right, uh, now another player who's um, really, you know, maybe similar to Ben Amos, in, in fact, after after his performances of, of the last few weeks, uh, who's really turned uh, his uh, you know, standing amongst the fans around in the last few weeks is, of course, now Naby Sar. Now, he, he's been the standout player in some, in some cases in the last few weeks. Uh, so Carl was asked about what he felt uh, was the, uh, the catalyst for his turnaround here at Charlton. Him wanting to be here. Um, I, I know he had difficulties in, 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 in recent years, but when you look at it as a sign, he's six foot four, he can run, he's left footed, he's good in the air, uh, he's comfortable on the ball, he ticks an awful lot of boxes, and he's still very young. So it was important when, when we got the job. Obviously, I didn't have the opportunity to bring him in in January, um, but we felt that we bring him back, we give him a chance, we play him in pre season games, and we see where that, how that materialises. And, I think the world of him, um, whether we play him or whether we don't, that's 
decisions that's not just sometimes a pair that's not just I just choose different options in different games um, but I'm really really happy with him and uh, hopefully the fans are, are happy with his with his form um, and that's all down to him and it's credit to him that's not for me to say whether what he did or didn't need it's just a case of me trying to be there for him and trying to coach him and work with him and, and give him an opportunity and, and a clean slate and we certainly give him all of them but ultimately we've, we've given that to a number of players and they've not accepted it um, he's accepted it and with open arms and he, he, it's worked in his favour That's Carl talking about uh, Nabi Sana. I mean in, in terms of a player who's turned his career around uh, uh, here at the club it's just I, I don't think I've seen one improve that much in, in such a you know, short amount of time you remember how, how bad he was when he, when he was first here a couple of years ago and even last year was barely playing when he was out on loan uh, the, the way he's performed so far this year I mean what, what do you personally put that down to you know? um, I think when he came in when he, he, he came in in a, in a situation where the club wasn't right you know we, it was a negative atmosphere anyway we had blooming I mean, uh, all these random players playing. He came with a big price tag. You know, he was he was unproven. He probably had a bit of expectation on his shoulders. He had a couple of bad games, and it just seemed to snowball from there. And it, I, I did, you know, I was one. And when I saw him, I thought, Jesus, I mean, is, is he really this bad? And it seems, you know, Wenger's always said you need a, you needed some time to for players to adjust, and it seems like he started to adjust. He's grown up a little bit. He's got some games. And like you said, he's just turned it, turned the whole thing around, and he's just an absolute beast. This is so big; it's just like unbelievable. But yeah, I, I, personally, I just think it, it probably didn't settle properly, properly. And I just think the whole situation at the club at that time was probably was one of the worst bits, worst places we probably were. So I don't know. It was. It's good to see, like Robbo said, it's, it's good to see him that he's obviously knuckled down and got back in his plans and. Yeah, I think hopefully it can continue with him and Cashy in the team. They'll always be my two faves. <laughs> I mean, Tom, well, Tom, do you think um, uh, man management of, of the player in this particular situation has helped? Uh, I think it must have done, yeah, because like Nave says, he came in for a big price tag and into a team that was had its issues and a, a club that had major, major issues, some of which obviously still exist. But um, yeah, uh, Carl seems like the sort of uh, manager that can get the best out of his players, particularly working with young players, and you know we forget that Naby is still a young player, like Nash says, because he is so big and imposing, and he's still a, a very young player, and he's got a lot to learn, and he hasn't played a huge amount in England. So um, yeah, to to see the transformation, it um it comes down to a lot of things. I'm sure the atmosphere in the group is obviously better. Um, the the man management must have played a part, and and his own determination to to prove people wrong and succeed because. As Carl mentioned there, there's been other players who've had that olive branch kind of handed out to them and they've not taken it and for whatever reason, I don't know if their attitude isn't right or they just don't fancy it or whatever it is, but it would have been very easy for Naby Sar to say, do you know what, I that was not for me um, uh, and try and find somewhere else. But he hasn't, he's stuck with it. Um, and so far he, he's doing well and long may that continue Finchie points out that with Sarri maybe confidence look at Simon Francis poor for us moved to Bournemouth mm. and now look at him now see I've, I, I when Simon Francis was here I, mean, I used to get stick from my mates so I used to say there's def- I used to say he's not as bad anywhere near as bad as people would make out he would have terrible games 
But I think overall he was a better player than people would make out. Now, I can't say I said that with Naby Sarr last time he was here, but, and, and the, the transformation has been uh, remarkable and, and it's good to see. But yeah, maybe it is confidence. So that's why I say maybe it is a little bit of that, that man management, that feeling of being wanted by the fans, that you know we're not in the turmoil playing-wise that we were when he was first here. And when you you have come to a new country, a new team, a new culture... Uh, if, if you if you know if you go on holiday and you turn up somewhere where it's just like it's on fire, you're not going to enjoy it, are you? And that's what it was like coming in. You've moved to a different country. It was chaotic. It was all over the place, and it didn't settle at all. But hopefully, uh, now with with things slightly more settled on on, on the playing front. Uh, that that will continue right just a uh, couple of things to flag to your attention don't forget the 25th anniversary of the return to the valley is upcoming and just a reminder that here at the valley on december the 5th uh, the charlton athletic museum are having a celebration of that 25th anniversary from 5 p.m till 9 p.m it's free entry there's a there's going to be speakers and food and drink basically that's all, all the things you need um, I think if you want to, if you want to go, it's, it's worth just letting the uh, the museum know that you'd like to attend. Uh, so if you're tracking down on Twitter or on Charlton Life or something, just let them know that you'd like to go. But it promises to be a decent evening. Uh, and uh, like I said, there's so much stuff in the museum. It's going to be full of uh, you know back to the valley memorabilia and uh, exhibits from from 25 years ago and further back as well. So definitely worth seeing. Now the other thing that I'm going to point out is. Uh, uh, the 25th anniversary dinner we mentioned it the other day but just a reminder that is going to come up now I think the prices have been released somewhere because I've seen people talking about them it's quite pricey it's, it's £95 a head uh, or £90 if you get a table of 10 per head so £900 for a table now obviously expensive but there are going to be legends there and it's going to be a, a memorable night and uh, I assume I don't know exactly what the breakdown is because the full details haven't been released yet but there will be you know raising money for the trust so that, that's important as well so that's something uh, to, to think about right let's have a quick break here on uh, on Charlton Live then uh, when we come back we'll look ahead to Saturday's game here at the Valley against AFC Wimbledon <laughs> But all McCovey's line, he's gone for it, you know. Oh, what a goal! Oh, what a goal by Armacassi! Oh, that's almost at the halfway line. Unbelievable strike. That is outrageous. Right footed. Well, we saw all McCovey's line. What a goal. Live. So welcome back to Charlton Live here on Maritime Radio. Of course, it's Saturday. It's a bit of bit of a London derby, I guess. If uh, if you see red it, hot, it red, not not it's not a red hot Kent derby, That's Tom. Let's not be ridiculous. Yeah, like, come on, there's no flares yeah. or anything like that. No, no, no. So it's only AFC Wimbledon. Might not bother them. Only AFC Wimbledon. But anyway, of course, Carl Robertson uh, did preview uh, Saturday's game with AFC Wimbledon. Sadly, no Tony Hud uh, to be heard. So you're going to have to put up works. with uh, Jake from the News Shopper. Uh, so if you want to think, I'm going to do it for you. Talking to uh, John Athletic Manager uh, Carl Robinson ahead of Saturday's game with FC Wimbledon. Um, Carl, off the back of the one 0 win at Bradford, I guess confidence was really high. Yeah, but it's important that that, that confidence stays as confidence and doesn't become complacent. Obviously, we're, we're going into a very difficult derby game on Saturday. Um, we know how important it is um, to them and to us um, for different reasons. Um, so it's. Yeah, we're riding on a crest of a wave, but as you well know, this, that, can, that can very quickly break. So we've had a really good week, we've had two more good days, and we'll get ready to go. And how's the squad looking in terms of injuries? Fine, yeah. They're all 
they're all fit and ready to go. And hopefully, Marshy gets added to that squad, and we're being nice to, to go to the valley and having a nice Reevesy and Marshy back in the squad for the first time this season. I think that'll be a positive for everybody. Um, I think just bringing Reeves on just for two or three, well, the last ten minutes against Bradford <coughs> just shows you the strength and depth that we've got a little bit more now. Um, so, yeah, it was, it's 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 been a good week. The place has been been quite high, um, but it's important that we keep it that way. Yeah, and obviously the two of them, Marshall and Reeves, um, getting back to full fitness ever so slowly. Do you feel when we're trying to fancy the best of them? Uh, there's still two, three weeks away from obviously being able to be that. That I think Reeves has shown glimpses of his quality. I think people have seen him play. He just shows that class every time he walks on the pitch. But he's still not. He's still not played in his, his proper position yet. He's still so we're just sort of we we understand the demands on him in that position. So we're drift feeding him in and playing maybe a mounted position just till we get him up and running. Saturday. Does that game mean a bit more to you because of the MK connection? Not really, no. It's um, listen. I think people are always I'm quite synonymous of being there for for nine years. I think everyone would always look at that, but and, and there be people that I have seen more than that, that didn't um, obviously don't like MK Duns. Um, but that's never been for me to get involved, and in. I was very passionate for the clubs that I work for. Um, I'm a believer in, in the identity of them as well, um, and and if I, if I don't live and breathe the clubs that I work for, I become half the the person that I want to be and the, and the club to be. So if my passion never got in the way of anything, it's, it was never meant to offend anybody. Uh, one or two things that happened at their place weren't right, as you all well know, um, and should never happen within a football stadium or, or on a football pitch. But but everybody internally with that club got tremendous respect for. I think they've got one of the best managers in the league. So I think what he's achieved at that football club is remarkable. His staff, who I know, are very, very good. Um, and his team's honest and, and hard-working with some, with some very good players in it as well. So I, I don't have any... But I have respect for everybody within the game because it's a brutal game to be in. Um, but we all have rivals and I suppose this is one that I'm there's. Yeah, because it is a derby. Obviously, they're going to probably pack out the away end. Um, you really won't care about this, but will you be expecting a frosty reception from them, the new fans? Yeah, I can't answer. Um, no, as long as we win. Yeah. Listen, most fans come and try and pack out our end because we're one of the biggest clubs to come to in the league. So, not because of me. Yeah. It's just they a big club. They want to sing about me. That's, that's their prerogative. The fact that I said things in the past about the club that I work for, I'm not going to take them back. So, it doesn't bother me now. Yeah, and they want place above relegation zone. So no, that, that doesn't really get too much into my thought process because I think the league's a bit false as it is at the moment anyway. I think there's so many teams, even if you're in like 15, 16, you're only four points from the playoffs. So you, you know you're always in touch and distance. I think a team who are in 15, 16, 17th position may only be seven, eight points off us who are third, doing third. So you, you can't really... The league, most people say after 10 games, it's it's yeah. it's so shape, but it's still so up and down the league and some of the results that we're seeing on a consistent basis are unpredictable. So it's not as if that has massive things towards us. We just know we're going to be in for a difficult game. We know we have to prepare right. We know they're going to sell their end out. We know there's going to be a very, very good crowd in the stadium. But one thing I can guarantee, we'll only hear Charlton fans singing. 
because our fans this year have been unreal. Um, and it's important for us to drown that out. We're at home, not them. And uh, we've got to make sure that we're, we're one again. And that's... This was, was eight or nine games of the next ten in the Valley. So it's a real good chance to be home a lot of the time. And uh, it's a special place to play. And this is the first of many games there. And because they're coming to the Valley and beating six, obviously, would you set them maybe to sit back a bit, soak up pressure, a bit like Barry did? Um, listen, Neil's very astute in everything that he does. And he, he is, honestly, I keep saying it, he's such a good manager. And... I think for what he's, I think for what he's had to work with and 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 everything, and in some ways the club sort of grown out the Kingstonian ground now, and they're looking to move on to to a bigger stadium, and, and it's probably about right for them because they're getting bigger. But to where they are right now, I think it doesn't get any. He's very astute in what he does, um, and he he always makes it difficult for us, but he makes it difficult for everybody. People look at the Plymouth results at the weekend, but when you see some of the chances that they missed, it's not like it was something that was very, very obvious. Um, and they had a great result against Rotherham just through the week as well. So they're in good form and they're, in good, they're going to be a difficult team to compete against. Yeah, so good to hear from Carl Robinson there as he looks ahead to Saturday's game uh, with AFC Women. And just before we look ahead ourselves, we've got an email from Cap Varmus. Uh, last season uh, at AFC, Carl was treated abysmally. Now, if you remember rightly, there was a banner that said he was a liar. Uh, with a, a very rude word at the end of it. And then he was uh, approached by a groundsman on the pitch who said some very nasty things to him. Uh, and uh, obviously Carl uh, had, to, had to be taken away. It was some pretty terrible things that, that I heard he, he'd said to Carl, this groundsman. So it's pr- pretty low, uh, pretty low. So Cap says, uh, no matter what his affiliations to MK Dons, it was unacceptable. The banner displayed at the end or the comments made by their volunteer groundsman. Whilst we, uh, whilst we should not respond in kind in any way, although our fans should support Carl loudly and ferociously uh, throughout the game, regardless of score or performance. How they can call themselves a family club, I don't know, but then watching them rise through the ranks of non-league, I know they're not angels uh, that they're, many of their fans, or many fans, seem to think they are. That's from Cap. Uh, having also yeah, seen them come up through non-league myself with, uh, with Bromley a couple of times, I know, that, I know they're very much not angels, and that's why I wasn't shocked when, uh, when something nasty happened to Carl when we went. Um, but I mean, it certainly gives a bit of added spice to it, I guess, the fact that they hate Carl. Yeah, yeah, it will play its part, I suppose. I mean, obviously, you don't wish that on, on anyone, irrespective of of all the issues concerning, obviously, Carl's old club and them and a lot of their feelings, I'm sure, are probably justified, but um, you can't react like that. Um, yeah, it all... It'll be interesting. I think the the email makes a good point that we should just get behind him and support him. I think we do that at most home games anyway. Um, I know everyone isn't a fan, but he's. I think he's won a lot of people over, and his style of football and the way we've been playing this year has obviously helped. And he he was right in his press conference as well. You know, they did get a good result against Rotherham a couple of weeks ago, um, and then obviously they've had defeats to Plymouth and Oxford. So it's. It's one that we should be winning. You know, what are they, fifth, sixth bottom? So it's one of those that, I, you know, when I mentioned earlier in the show, as well as going away to the likes of Bradford, this is one of those games that we need to just brush the, the lower teams aside. Mm. Um, no, absolutely no disrespect to them, but when they're down there and we're fourth or fifth, that's how the league works. Um, so we need to put in a good performance. It'd be great if we could and get a good couple of goals because 
we, we played very well at Bradford, but it wasn't the most attractive game to watch. You know, we did a lot of the dirty work. It wasn't free-flowing football. So now we're back at the Valley. If we can do that, that would be great. Um, but yeah, I don't think we can underestimate them. It sounds like, from what I heard, they were absolutely dreadful in their 3-0 uh, defeat away at Oxford a few weeks ago. But maybe that served as a bit of a wake-up call because they had a, a away win at Northampton, a home win over Rotherham since then, lost to Plymouth last week. Um, in terms of Cheltenham, uh, Mark Marshall could be involved in some in some <coughs> way, which would be nice. Yeah, I think, I think yeah, probably off the bench, I would imagine. Um, but yeah, it's good because I still ain't seen him yet. Obviously, I don't think anyone has really. But unless they've gone down to the we behind the friendly a Fleetwood whatever. for about half an hour, yeah. that's all we've really seen. So of I've him. not really, really seen him. Can so. you think of any other major changes you'd make into the squad? Um, I mean, I mean, Nabi Sarr playing. I was going to say De Silva yeah, will come yeah, back yeah, in. Nabi Sarr playing left back, of course. Last uh, week, do you think he'll stay? Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I think De Silva will probably come back in. Like Tom yeah, said, I know. Whether or not he'll play Konza or um, so, I don't know. But maybe if people watch that video that they put out about the day of a Robbo, they might have heard something in there. I can't remember. But yeah. well, in terms of Naby Sar, whether if he does start, that will go quite nicely with our cashy back yeah. bet this week. Nathan, have you got the details for us? Yeah, so I put it to vote, and uh, quite resounding, forty-three percent said uh, Naby to score at any time and uh, Charlton win. So, but if he, if I did say if Naby starts on the bench, I'll put on. Um, Clark 4-0 well. yeah so hopefully if he does start on the bench and come on we could have a chance of getting two bets in one yeah, yeah. unlikely though yeah, but anyway very now, so Naby Sarr to start uh, to score and, and Charlton to win is 14 to 1 £2.50 could return £37.50 gambleaway.co.uk if you want to copy us very briefly let's have your predictions for Saturday's game then Tom 3-1 uh, 3-1 uh, to Charlton yeah. who's getting your goals for you uh, Sarr Sarr Obvs and Rick, Ricky Holmes get a couple Ricky Holmes couple knife 5-0 5-0 Charlton yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Wimbledon no, no, no. no 5-0 Charlton Cashy's going to be in there Cashy's yeah. going to score a blooming rocket launcher I'll tell you yeah. rocket launcher excellent yeah. well I look forward to it guys uh, <laughs> I'll for, wake up in a minute <laughs> yeah thanks for joining us here on uh, Charlton Life Tom and Knife. cheers Louis. I've been Louis Mendes this has been Charlton Life hope you've enjoyed it thanks for getting involved with your tweets and stuff uh, we'll be back on Sunday to look back at the Wimbledon game not certain if I'm going to be here but someone will be might be me who knows uh, and we'll uh, I'll look forward to seeing you there but thanks for listening tonight let's hope Charlton can get three more points at home to Wimbledon on Saturday When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program.